I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, the layperson's guide to enjoying music's benefits. Today's episode is an artist spotlight episode where we take a look at the people behind the music. Today, we're featuring concert pianist and recording artist Robert Thies. Robert first captured worldwide attention in 1995 when he became the only American pianist to win first prize in a Russian piano competition since Van Cliburn won in Moscow in 1958. Quite an accomplishment. Robert lives in L.A. and has performed in countries around the world, including China, New Zealand, Mexico, Latvia, Bolivia, Germany, and Austria. Thanks so much for joining us today, Robert. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. One thing that caught my attention about your work is your incredible diversity and versatility. As an internationally renowned classical concert pianist, you perform as a soloist and collaborate with other musicians. You're a recording artist. You also improvise and compose. You also are a jazz musician, and you also play on film scores. Your playing is featured in The Life of Pi, Concussion, Fracture, Fifty Shades Freed, and many others. So my burning question is, how did you become so good at so many different things? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's very sweet. Uh, one, sometimes I can look at it and say, when you spread yourself too thin, that it's hard to excel at any one thing. But um, uh, you have definitely excelled. I mean, you don't just dabble in these things. You have put out <laughs> award-winning CDs, and you're, you've won competitions. So, yeah, I appreciate your right. humility, though. Thanks. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I identify mostly as a, as a classical pianist, concert pianist. I, that's still my focus. I give concerts, playing concerti with orchestra and chamber music and solo recitals and that's still my first love and the, the reason I started playing in the first place so I never want to lose touch with that sometimes mm. sometimes when I get involved in other activities uh, I I can miss just sitting down at the piano by myself and, and rediscovering some of this solo repertoire that is what inspired me in the first place so sure. uh, how did you get into classical piano because you first started with jazz learning from your dad right well i mean so i started playing by ear when i was four or five years old i would hear uh tv show themes on and then i'd run up to the little spinet piano and repeat what i had heard so mm -hmm. i showed an ear for music at that age and, and then my parents put me in lessons at age five um, my father was an amateur jazz musician he he loved big band music especially and so he was introducing me to standards and i was i was learning how to read chord charts when i was young too so this was i can't say that i ever really studied jazz as seriously as I studied classical music, and I wouldn't dare call myself a jazz musician out of respect to those who truly are. Um, well, your one latest of the things... project, though, is a jazz, jazz-related, an album of original compositions for jazz quartet that's due for release in 2020. Right. So, yes. The thing, I think, coming back to your first question as to how I became proficient or excelled in different kinds of music was just out of interest. 
Mm. Um, so uh, along with my love for classical music, I've had a love for many other kinds of music, mm-hmm. making um, even film music was a big influence growing up. And then a lot of European jazz, especially because th- this was a little more connected to classical composition, that through composition, as opposed to uh, the American songbook or the standards, which might be a 32-bar song or tune that <clears throat> musicians would play and then they would improvise over. And And while I could admire the tremendous artistry and genius of some of these jazz musicians, um, as compositions, it, it didn't pull me in as much as maybe like the European jazz so is uh, European jazz less improvised and more written out and composed? No, not necessarily less improvised, but I think the the composition itself is more through composed and the attention is drawn more to the composition itself rather than the players playing it to me. Mm, okay. And that's something I connect to with classical music. Mm-hmm. When I perform when i listen for me what's important is the composition itself Mm. and as long as the performer doesn't get in the way of the composition then i can appreciate it but sometimes in classical music and i suppose in other kinds of music too the ego of the musician can get in the way of the actual music and Mm. we're too aware of who's playing it rather than the music itself Mm. so Mm -hmm. so yeah i've had an interest in in so many kinds of music. One of the things that happened for me when I was young, it was just a period of discovery. I went to my local library and checked out all kinds of uh, LPs from the library. This was back in the LPs day. Oh, they're <laughs> outselling CDs right now. <laughs> yeah, they're coming back. Yeah. So, I mean, I would just check out maybe 20, whatever the limit was, and go home and discover music. And nine out of 10 times I would love what I was hearing. So Mm. as far as I'm concerned, there are two kinds of music, good and bad. (laughs) (laughs) Our last guest said the same thing. Funny. So yeah, you mentioned uh, an album that I'm going to release next year. And that's sort of my first uh, stab at, at having something that I created and represents a different aspect of my love for music that's outside of the classical realm. I would say it's jazz inspired, but I'm not sure I would call the music jazz either Mm. because the compositions are more written out. And I don't, I don't really take many solos as, as a jazz musician definitely would. Um, For me, my biggest contribution to the album are the compositions themselves rather Mm. than the, yeah. And you're actually playing in the album? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what's it called? And when's it going to be released? I think the album's going to be called Life Around Us. And I'm not sure when the release will be. Probably spring of 2020. Okay. Okay. So... So a little bit of a start with family jazz background and then started formal classical piano lessons when you were five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was doing different, discovering different things at the same time. Mm. And as a teenager, I was also playing in a bunch of musical theater productions also. And just having all these different experiences 
which I think helped sort of form me and as a musician. So I didn't turn my nose up to non-classical types of music, for example. I actually embraced them. Mm-hmm. You said that nature has always been an inspiration for you. You said, though I'm not a religious person, I find spirituality in music and in nature. I can sit next to a stream for hours just listening, watching the flowing water, the way it moves and the sound it makes. Talk to us some of the about some of this inspiration that you get from nature. Yeah, it's very interesting. When I was younger, from ages 8 to 12, my father's job moved us to Colorado. So I fell in love with the Rocky Mountains early on. And even though we moved away at an early age for me, I, it made such an imprint on me that the mountains have always been sort of a refuge and sanctuary for me. It's the like the one place I can feel really at peace, even if I'm alone. Mm. Um, generally, I love spending time with other people, but when I'm in nature, I can find contentment even by myself. Mm. There's just something just so enriching and, and sort of gives us a sense of purpose and identity and realizing that the world is not about us. Mm. <laughs> we are just very a small part of it. And mm-hmm. no matter what we as humans might be doing to our planet, the planet's still going to persevere whether or not we're around. So all those things you just mentioned, um, water and streams and rivers and mountains and rocks and just... Um, Do you get to experience find- much of that in L.A.? Not nearly as much as I would like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Although you get around quite a bit. You travel a lot, so you probably yeah, have plenty yeah. of other opportunities to experience that. Is that when you kind of get some of your inspiration, different melodies? Do you get different melodies in your head when you're just alone observing nature? Um, I wouldn't say so much melody as much as just sort of uh, texture and openness of sound. Just being outside and, and seeing huge vistas and there's there's sort of an expansiveness and space to the to the music I like to create. Another big project of mine that's another creative outlet is this series of albums called Blue Landscapes. Yeah, tell us about that. So this this music is a project I'm doing with a friend who's a flutist and he comes from a very different background than than myself. He studied Latin jazz, and he comes from Croatia. So he's also influenced by music from Eastern Europe, a very different background, whereas I'm more in Western classical music. So the two of us came together, and as friends, we just started playing together and finding sort of a common ground, a common sound. And, And eventually we decided we should maybe document some of this and record some of these improvisations that we were doing together. So that's what we did. We rented some equipment and um, recorded for about 30 hours over the oh, course of wow. uh, five yeah, five days. We would just get together and record. Didn't know what we were going to be recording. There was nothing planned. And this um, is in 2006 when you first started recording with Damian, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The, our first album together. So, yeah, we listened to all this music and we kind of away what was maybe you know because some of these improvisations would go on for 10-15 minutes and mm. and so we'd listen through it and we decided okay we've we've sort of said what we need to hear this is becoming redundant or this is too much so some of the composing happened in the editing room so to speak mm, sure the analogy i like to make which might sound a little 
pompous and I don't mean it to, but I, I never forgot how uh, Michelangelo would describe his sculptures mm-hmm. is he would chip away at what didn't belong there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is neat. <laughs> so this is what this music came to fruition and, and the titles, of course, to the different pieces came after the fact. And I started seeing a theme that a lot of these titles were nature inspired and the music itself sort of has like i was mentioning a very open space so it's not telling the listener what they have to hear note for note or bar after bar but rather create sort of this sonic landscape where the listener can fill in music if they if they need to but it's uh to create an open space where somebody can reflect and I wouldn't call it meditative music, but some people have used it for that, too. Mm -hmm. So you initially started a recording with Damien in 2006 and released an album that same year, an album of your your playing together. Is that right? Yeah, actually, he approached me uh, to record a duo album of more, again, sort of jazz-oriented pieces that he had mostly written. Mm. And so that began our collaborative efforts and enjoying playing with each other so the blue landscapes project came shortly after that okay and you've now put out three blue landscapes albums yeah we've put out two and we're about to release a third album um, (gasps) on a record label the uh this is brand new we're about to sign the contract so i think it's okay for me to share the news that um, the label real music has signed us and congratulations to release this third album and what is thank this? you yeah. yeah can you tell us the title and release date of that third blue landscapes album yeah this one is called blue landscapes three uh, frontiers is the the descriptor name on this album the second album was discoveries and the first one was just simply blue landscapes this is due for release in november oh well exciting and congratulations Thank you. Well, in the conversation, what what you were just saying sort of answered one of the questions that I had about the Blue Landscapes albums. Uh, You Mm -hmm. mentioned that it's an improvisational album, and I was kind of wondering exactly how that worked. It sounds like you kind of improvise for a long period of time and then do some editing after the fact. Yeah, the different pieces are born in different ways, but in general... Um, for example, the first and last tracks of the upcoming album were improvised in one take. There were no edits whatsoever. So it was just oh, okay. And one of the reasons I find this music to work is my colleague, my friend Damian is because he comes from a jazz background, he is his ability to uh, create an architecture in his improvisations is, one of the greatest strengths and one of the reasons I think this music is successful. So that when you hear one of these tracks, you'll be hard pressed to believe it actually was improvised because it, it has such a structure to it, Hmm. which is the, which is the mark of a great jazz improvisation. When Hmm. you feel a beginning, middle and end, Mm -hmm. there's an arc to it. So how much structure That's one do you have going strengths. in, in terms of the beginning, the middle, the end? you have some kind of motifs or themes or something that you assign to a song before you start? Nope. 
Um, often there's just a simple idea of the overall sound uh, of the piece. Sometimes Damian will just start improvising on the flute by himself and I'll con- start commenting and things will develop from there. And as I said, uh, not every improvisation is completely successful. So we would have to pare things down and, and find those moments that really work. In other cases, I might have an idea for like a rhythmic figure that could serve as a foundation for the piece and then just, again, create this sort of uh, tapestry or canvas for him to comment over it. In the album coming out, there is a tune that was sort of created well, again, everything's created on the spot, but this one was planned out a little more in that we created a flute choir type atmosphere. We would create, uh, well, just that. So these chordal motions that the flutes were doing on, on their own, and then the piano and flute would comment above that. So were there multiple so, flutes playing along with us, or was it just Damien recording multiple tracks and playing them all together? Yes. So we would we would create some multiple tracks then. Oh, okay. Something else that's important to us is that there are no electronics uh, on the album. The, oh. Everything is strictly acoustic, and oh. we feel like that's important because we want it to sound grounded and sound earthy. Oh, okay. And we didn't want to bring that element into it. Mm. Um, some people, some critics who have listened to the music mistakenly thought that we were using electronics because they heard percussive sounds. Mm-hmm. And so what what's happening there is that um, on the piano, I'm using some prepared piano techniques where I might use putty on the strings, which create a percussive sound. Oh, and again, okay. provide a different texture. Oh, okay. And this is why the music to me also holds interest. So it's not just straight piano and flute all the time. Mm. And Damian on the flute has the ability to play percussively and sometimes accompany things that I'm doing. So Mm. So everything we're hearing on those Blue Landscapes albums is piano and flute, nothing in addition. Yep. Nothing else. Neat. Well, I like how you describe those albums as a musical conversation that is both heartfelt and honest. Mm -hmm. I just, I like that concept of the musical conversation. Um, It really fits that style of improv that you're doing. Well, that's, and that's the joy of it. Improvising by yourself is, is one thing, but improvising with someone else requires you to really, really pay attention Mm. to what they're doing and to react accordingly mm-hmm. sort yeah, of encouraging each other or pushing turn. each other yeah you're not just taking turns giving a speech but it's an actual dialogue right exactly <laughs> well tell us about some of the things you enjoy doing outside of music i know you enjoy nature it sounds like you do a lot of traveling hopefully you enjoy travel <laughs> <laughs> especially arriving to the destination um <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I love seeing new places, uh, meeting with new people and, and playing music with other people. I mean, I know I spent a lot of time with you talking about this creative project, which I'm very proud of, but mm-hmm. much of my life, the majority of my life is still based around preparing and playing classical music concerts. 
around the country and sometimes out of the country. So it's especially enjoyable to leave the country and to be immersed in a different culture and see how different people appreciate classical music differently and mm. more intensely sometimes than in, in, in this country. How adventuresome um, are you with international foods and cuisines? Very. That's one of <laughs> yeah. my passions. Yeah, that's one of my great joys in life is foods and, and trying foods from different okay. places. It's, so what are some yeah. of the more adventuresome dishes that you've had? Well, I don't know if I can name particular dishes as much as just the kinds of cuisines I've tried that I've loved, like Peruvian and Afghan. Actually, authentic Mexican cuisine is fantastic. Mm. Hungarian food is amazing. I love all Mediterranean foods. Mm. <laughs> uh, there's Himalayan food is also quite amazing so mm. well and you probably have yeah. quite a bit of it right there in LA too I imagine I mean it's not the same as eating it in the actual environment you know the international environment but there's a lot of international foods there in LA right absolutely one of the great perks of living in an, in an international city like this mm. a, a big urban center so yeah there are many restaurants to discover <laughs> <laughs> And you also have a dog, Simon. Tell us about Simon. Yeah, um, adopted him from a shelter about 12 years ago. He had been abandoned and hit by a truck at some point and had a broken pelvis, but he managed to heal and he runs like you wouldn't believe. And mm. yeah, the bond between a human and, and a dog is can be quite strong. And sure. And uh, I try to tell my friends who don't have pets but have children that the the bond with a pet is equally as strong and they just don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I buy it. And actually, that's one of the reasons I've given for not getting a dog. My husband and kids would love to have a dog. And I'm like, you know, I raised two kids. I'm done with that. Yeah. Yeah, it does sound yeah. like a commitment similar to uh, a child. But then you get that, um, the bond and the benefits as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I ask every guest for what I call an improv, an experiment, or try this at home that will enhance listeners' lives with music. Do you have an improv to suggest? I do. Um, I wanted to share something that I did myself when I was young and I continue to do, and, and that is actually, in the real sense of the word, learning to improvise and not being afraid of it. I know the majority of classical musicians are terrified by the idea of sitting down at an instrument without any score in front of them. But this isn't that just the musicians. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think all people should, even those who aren't musicians, should experience uh, making music and not being afraid of it. So what I like to do, and I do this sometimes when I do children's programs even, is to have someone sit down at a piano and... You know, assuming the piano is in tune and in fairly good shape, one can make music without knowing how to play the instrument. And the piano is perhaps the easiest way to do that. What I like to do is have an adult or a child, doesn't matter, sit down at the piano and just play a single note and listen to it and listen to how the strings vibrate and play another note after that and hear how the two notes relate to each other and, and the sound. 
Um, often when I see people walk by a piano, they'll just sort of run their fingers over the keys and then lose interest and walk away. But I think there's a lot of beauty that one can experience just by playing a single note or one note after the other and just a couple notes and listening to how they interrelate. And Because this is what I did growing up. And this is how I learned to play by ear and to just fall in love with music itself and not depend on needing to know how to play the instrument well or learning how to read or to play repertoire. I think people are intimidated more than they should be. Mm-hmm. So, and this is this is exactly what inspires me, you know, with in my own improvisation is just to play a few notes and just to listen to them and enjoy the space and listen to the long decay of the notes. Great yeah. idea. Thank you. Sure. There are a lot of ways listeners can connect with you and learn more about your work. Tell us about a couple of them, and I'll include all of them in the show notes. Well, certainly my website is representative of my classical concert career, so I put only my classical concerts on on the website. So I don't list all the other activities I might do, which include recording for film and TV occasionally, or I, I keep that separate. And then because the Blue Landscapes project is becoming such an important creative outlet for me, the uh, bluelandscapesmusic.com is where one can learn more about that project and that music. So mm-hmm. robertthies.org, it's Robert, and then Thies is spelled T-H-I-E-S dot org, and then bluelandscapesmusic.com. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I'll include those links in the show notes and also your Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, you know, all the other many ways of contacting you also. And I'll also put a link in the show notes to some of your publications. Uh, those, mm-hmm. uh, I read one of them and really enjoyed it and would enjoy taking a look at the other one too. I'll include those links in the show notes. Thank you. Yes. I ask every guest to end our episode with what I call a coda, a musical ending. Tell us about As the Earth Awakens. It's from one of your Blue Landscapes albums. Yeah, it's we included it on the second album. Uh, Damien tells me we actually created it for the first album and for whatever reason didn't include it in that collection. Um, but I, I chose this track because it's representative of sort of the sound of these albums you would hear this kind of a rhythmic figure which runs through the whole piece and then hear the open textures of the piano and then the flute coming in creating a story the title itself like all the titles came after the fact i will say interestingly for me um, i don't have synesthesia and i'm not i don't get involved like that but (laughs) i have for whatever reason associated the the key of D major is sort of the color green and when I think the color green I think of nature so this piece is in D major and I I wonder if that might have inspired the title to be something about earth
And that was As the Earth Awakens from Robert's album Blue Landscapes to Discoveries. A little side note, Robert mentioned synesthesia at the end of our conversation. I had never heard of that. It is defined as a neurological condition that causes the brain to process data in the form of several senses at once. For example, a person with synesthesia may hear sounds while also seeing them as colorful swirls. Synesthesia is uncommon, occurring in only about 1 in 2,000 people, according to the American Psychological Association. The condition is more prevalent in artists, writers, and musicians. About 20 to 25% of people in these professions have the condition, according to Psychology Today. A piece of fun trivia, the pop singer Lord has synesthesia. I'll include a link in the show notes to my synesthesia source. Show notes for this episode are located at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast slash episode 21. Congratulations to listener Suzanne of Minnetonka. She is the winner of the $50 Schmidt Music gift card giveaway. Thank you to Schmidt for their support of this show by donating the gift card. Just one example of the many ways that Schmidt supports musicians and music education. Thank you listeners for joining us today. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review in whatever podcatcher you use and tell a friend. Until next week, may your life be enhanced with music.